the sweet sounds of BMX, man. Damn. I've just been feeling really nostalgic lately. I don't know why. I just, I don't know what it is, man. Maybe this racing thing is kind of bringing me back a little bit, kind of allowing me to take a step back and just kind of observe everything and get back to my roots a little bit. But, man, it's just it's been making me listen to this this music that, that kind of shaped us as BMX riders, I guess you could say. Man, nostalgia's big, though, isn't it? It's like nostalgia and memories. Sometimes I just like sit and daydream and think about think about times when I was younger, you know. But on the other hand, it's like I'm also looking looking ahead too, you know. I'm always planning things. I want to have I always want to have something coming up. Like I don't want there to ever be a time where I don't have shit like planned out. You know what I mean? Something good. Those good things in life. I just I always want to have a plan for something. Like next month I'm going to whatever, raise. Let's just say that. Or, you know, I'm planning planning for this vacation or, you know, whatever it is. Say you bought something on the internet and now you got to wait and you're, you're planning on that thing arriving. Like little stuff like that, man. It just makes, it just makes life good, you know. But anyways, today... We got a man named Uncle Craig, who I met in Virginia, and I was instantly kind of influenced by this dude because he just seemed to always be integrated with the scene. You know, he's always he's always been a big part of, of whatever scene he was involved in, and I just felt like he always had stuff going on, man, and I always, I always really admired that about him. He's done some cool design work, and he's got, uh, more recently, he's got a small company he's trying to develop called Cheap Seats Racing, and uh, they just, you know, any any sort of racing, competitiveness, and I'm, I'm into it. I think it's dope. So we're going to talk to Craig today, Wahoo McDaniels, the VA Pelican. He's a good dude. But before we get into that, I want to talk about something that I had posted a while back, and it's in regards to skate parks and the quality of skate parks these days. And I posted something along the lines of like metal metal ramps just being complete shit, basically. And now let me just start by saying, if you got something in your town, then good for you, you know, because there's a lot of towns that just don't have anything. So if you have a skate park that has a, you know, a three foot wedge to wedge and a three-foot quarter pipe, and they're metal. Like, you got something, so that's good. But I just feel like there was a time when skate parks were all wood, and then all of a sudden we started seeing these kind of mass-produced, not even, like, not really mass-produced, but, like, like a modular park, you know? You think of like a modular home, they build it somewhere else and they transport it to wherever it's going to stay. And that's kind of what they did with these skate parks. I think it was in like the late 90s they started doing this. And and those were okay. I'm talking like True Ride and stuff like that. And those ramps were okay because they had some sort of material. I think it might have been something like Skate Light maybe, but but it was good, like it was grippy. And the ramps weren't that bad, but then all of a sudden, there was like a even, like a more of like a low, lower budget skate park 
you could get in your town. And those were the metal ramps. And that was just, I don't even know, man. I don't even, I don't even know how, how that idea would come about, you know. But yeah, I just remember when these skate parks were wood and they were built by by the locals in the area. It's kind of like the local, whoever it was, the local ramp builder was hired by the city to build a skate park. It reminds me of, you know, skate parks like Racine, which is still still out there. But there were a lot like that. And now it just seems like they're all gone, man. You, Matter of fact, hit me up. If you got a park that is just kind of reminiscent of those 90s wooden wooden skate parks. I want to see it. I want to hear about it cuz I want to believe that they're still out there, you know. But yeah, I talked about these metal ramps and I just like they're more of a fucking it's those things are dangerous, you know. They're slippery. They're hot as shit in the summer. And they're just dangerous to ride, man. So and I feel like a kid would show up there, get a sesh, and then and then maybe never come back because it was just so, you know, it just wasn't good. But anyways, man, I want to I wanna take a call, and I want to read this message I got also just in regards to those metal ramps. So check this out. All right, he said, he said, I just won't ride them at all. The sound alone is enough to make it obnoxious. That is true, man. Those things are loud as shit. He said there was a company, he thinks it was called Wave Ramps. That sounds about right. That made all those horrible prefab ramps that are supposed to look ornate. What does ornate mean, anyways? Damn, let me look this up real quick. What the fuck does ornate mean? Made in an intricate shape or decorated with complex patterns. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, perfect. So they just add a little bit of, like, unnecessary flair to it, I guess. Um, But, yeah, he said uh, they would get a city who was on the verge of getting a park built to sign a contract with them and then show up with three little shitty ramps and charge the city tens of thousands of dollars. Woo! Damn, that's crazy. And he said, uh, he said he doesn't know a whole lot about it, but he remembers that happening to his city about 15 years ago. So yeah, about the time when I was talking, about, you know, what I was talking about. He said he thinks they were taken to court, and then they stopped trying to force these contracts. God, that's so shitty, man. I want to look up wave ramps if that's still a thing. And, damn, man, that's crazy. But, yeah, I don't know. It's like, maybe some people like it. I'm just, I think it's kind of a bad situation. But let's take this call from the hotline. Then we're going to talk to Uncle Craig. Hold up. Yeah, dude, sick. Man, <laughs> thanks for the show. Uh, man, I thought I saw the uh, 317. Uh area code on the hotline, I say, who the fuck is this? 317. Um, but anyway, man, um, yeah, metal ramps, um, yeah, I'm good with them, ah. I'm pretty good with them, they're slippery as fuck sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, they get a little dusty, they're definitely hella loud, <laughs> I lived across the street from one for 
couple years, so the neighbors definitely did not appreciate it when I had my 7 a.m. session on the weekend. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Other than that, though, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm one of those dudes that will ride any spot, though. I will mm. call any spot a spot. I know mm-hmm. you will not call any spot a spot, but I'm weird like that. So, But anyway, uh, yeah, I wanted to give a shout-out to some local pros. Oh, from sure. uh, the indie area. Okay. Um, some of the dudes that influenced me a lot. Uh, maybe they weren't pros or the best riders or anything. But, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, here it goes, man. I got a little list. Uh, Solar P, uh, one of the main dudes. Uh, Vince Potter, you know, kept the trails going for a long time. Fucking Reggie Styles. Reggie. Uh, fucking John Lynn, he was like, fucking hella good um and that dude showed me a lot of things like i don't know man that, <laughs> that dude just would bomb rails and I, I would just follow him sometimes and i never hit anything like that so riding street was a whole different animal with him fucking uh anybody from the south side nick g justin alvis uh fucking danger dave rest in peace fucking Derek, all those dudes um, uh, fucking Chase, DK Ray, the Triple S dudes, <laughs> Ryan Meyer for making a video, Pyro BMX, way back in the day, I think he's the only dude in India that really did that, Black Knight, Jody Donnelly really didn't know that dude, but, uh, pretty influential, I think, and was the only guy that offered to pay me, even though I never took it for some reason, um, Just Ride, Skate park, you know, Brian Knopp, pretty influential. And then uh, the fucking Wombat, Sad, Justin Harden, Muncie Mike. There's a dude, Evil. I don't know. I don't think it's the same dude that you guys talk about sometimes, mm. but Evil. Bill Nitschke, never knew that dude, but uh, definitely, I don't know, inspired me. Uh, fucking dude from FBM. In Fort Wayne, I think they just, I never met those dudes, but, uh, you know, I think it was pretty influential as far as all those dudes, like, you know, riding with Reggie Styles, Wombat, and all those dudes. Um, fucking Flat Jake, dude's a man, Chris Armstrong, uh, they always taught me a lot of Flatland shit, Andy Cooper, um, fucking Roman, I, I never knew the dude, but I seen the dude ride. And the dude fucking kills it. Um, extended. You know, I knew a couple dudes. I think local pro from back in the day from St. Louis. He moved to Indy for a little while. Nick Diebler. Dude was a fucking man. He would air out like seven feet to a pedal chink. Um, and then speaking of St. Louis, you know, Casey Otto and uh, Sam from Tree. Tree Bikes. Those guys. They used to go to Just Ride back in the day, and I would see them every once in a while. And those guys were really cool and, like, just really uh, cool to y- young dudes, especially when I was young, and, and, you know, gave me some confidence to keep riding. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as that, man, there's a lot of other dudes that I could say, you know, just so shout out to my friends. How many more could there be? All my God friends damn. In it's been a long time since I lived there. So, fucking Jordan Kingdon, Travis Leach. Brad Adams, the brat. Oh, uh, fucking. I know him. Darcy Gibbs, Shelby Gibbs. Those guys were influential, too. 
the Riders BMX supply shop for a long time. Got me around a lot of BMX. Fucking dude, there's so many. Andrew Plinkscale, Pooh, John Gaines, Jake, Tyler Conant, Cole, Matt Stout, Corey, Jesse Shelby, Matt Watkins, Haircut, Sean <laughs> Seacat, Joey Bag, uh, and Matt, dude, Hermie Taz. Those dudes were up in Chicago, but anyway, Willie Kelly, Nick Summerlot, man, there's, the list just goes on. And so anyway, man, thanks. And, uh, maybe I'll talk to you soon. God damn. Man, you know what you just did, man? You just opened my eyes to to this scene, as it once were, I suppose. Maybe, I, I just, I don't know if all those dudes are still riding, but, God, damn, man. That was, uh, that was the most in-depth shout-out I've ever seen, man. And I appreciate you calling in, because, because that was awesome. It, it just really, I think you and I relate, man. I don't know who you I don't know who you are, but I think you and I relate because I was very big on, on on the locals in my area. You know, I knew all of them. And I knew like details about their bikes and the tricks they do and shit. But man, what a list. And what else is crazy about that is I I only probably knew about I don't know, 3 4 of the people you mentioned. So that also goes to show that I think BMX is maybe a little bigger than than we all really think, you know. Whoo, man! You talked about Reggie Styles. You talked about Fort Wayne, dude. I think it was the Ravine is where the jumps were, and I think it was called the Fat House. I'm pretty sure. And if I'm wrong, goddamn, I'm gonna really eat those words. But yeah, I know that dude, Brad Adams, too. He's uh he's been really cool. Every time I go to the track, he's been kind of my link. You know what I mean? That kind of in between dude who was like. You could tell he's a freestyle guy, but he's just at the track, you know. And you could definitely, you can definitely pick them out for sure. Like we definitely related uh, instantly. But man, thanks again, dude. But yeah, going back to those metal ramps, that's hilarious. He used to ride at 7 a.m. across the street. Be like, you kind of, you kind of putting it, putting in. I don't know, just making it making it known that, like, hey, man, we got these fucking metal ramps. I want you all to realize what we have, you know, as opposed to what we could have had. We got this. So, where was Just Ride Skate Park? Is that in Indy? I remember that name, but I never, I've never been there, and I just don't remember where it was at. But anyways, man, thank you so much for that call. Everyone has a voice. I love it. Keep calling in. You could talk for 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is, man. I know there's a three-minute time limit, but if you, anyone out there listening, if you want to call in and talk, just hit me up. We'll get on Zoom, and we'll we'll make some shit happen. Anyways, before we start, we got uh, some shirts coming. They should be here this week, thanks to my man Chuck over at Heavy Pedals for printing those up. They're long sleeve, and it's going to be like... Uh, Man, it's like a it's like a membership, you know. You buy you buy a shirt, you you're part of the team, you know. Twenty bucks shipped for a long sleeve. It's a good quality shirt, front and back print, and uh, we got some more details too with the shirt. And uh, I'm pretty psyched on it. I'm gonna make mine into a BMX jersey. It's gonna be sweet. But yeah, twenty bucks shipped. Probably just send it to my Venmo, and uh, that will be the way for me to recoup them funds so I can keep the cool shit coming, man. But thanks again, Heavy Pedals, for printing those up. I really appreciate it. I'm going to Louisville this weekend, and I'm stoked. I'm going to ride the park. Not going to the BMX track. 
Going to the skate park, hitting them concrete waves, son. But let's talk to Mr. Uh, Wahoo McDaniels, Uncle Craig, Norfolk represent. Let's go. Hello. Yeah, dude. Sick. Any reproduction of this recorded. <laughs> yeah, dude. Sick. What are you doing? All right, so you want me to do a little explaining, is that it? Open your ears, bitches. It's the Yad Yad man we got uncle craig finally dude I, i've been man i've been wanting to talk to you for a long time craig because i felt like i i mean i lived in virginia for about six years but i probably t ran into you maybe a dozen times out of that 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 full tour you know yeah yeah and probably you know more toward the end you know when we had that little uh the pump track thing going on oh that's right yeah i didn't even think about that but yeah, man, it's just like one thing about you, it just always seems like you got something going on. Oh, uh, yeah, man, I guess. <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, shit, don't get me wrong, I spend a lot of time stagnant and whatnot, man. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I try to try to have something something to do, you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, keep from getting bored or whatever. You know, I don't have a nine to five type job or whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh end up having a lot of free time and shit. So yeah, I try to. Try to do some things, man. If something comes my way, you know, like that Terrelson project came. Yeah. Uh, tend to try to try to take advantage of it, you know, because you know people ain't ain't giving away shit, you know, like talking about it no more. So. Yeah, that's a good point, man. A lot yeah, of people maybe say what. It's PG rated, or you know. No, no, no. Go ahead, man. Live okay. your life. <laughs> Be free. Say what you got to say. But Ed, let me play this uh, message real quick. We had a call that came in the hotline. I just want to get this one right off the bat, and then we can. Uh, get into some stuff all right hold up one second all right i hope you can hear this by the way so just 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 give me a chance all right yeah, yeah i got you good morning guys this is uh jordan houston Hello, you know i have i've had a busy morning and uh i saw that uncle craig was going to be on the hotline uh and i i had to do a shout out you know I've known Craig since I was a little kid and Craig is legit. He's the real dude. He, uh, he doesn't treat anybody different. You know, there could be a kook or a crazy wild guy like myself. He doesn't care. He'll talk to you. He'll make you feel welcome. Uh, Craig does a lot for BMX. Um, I'm happy that I know him. I can call him a friend. Keep it up, Craig. I love you, man. Bye. Woo, there you go, man. Mr. Jordan Hughes and the LP. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. LP, man. Damn, yeah. Man. What do you got to say about Jordan, man? Uh, dude, that's a, that's a rad dude, man. Um, you know, kid is uh, amazing on a bike, amazing off a bike, dude. Um, the last couple of years, he's uh, he made the trophies and everything uh, for the – for the reunion jam and whatnot, man. He's like really awesome metal work trophies and whatnot. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. He just like came to me and was like, Hey, do you mind if I do this? And I was like, hell yeah, dude, that would be awesome. You know, and he showed me what he wanted to do. And uh, when he brought him to the, to the event, I was just blown away. I was like, damn, I wish I could 
still ride and <laughs> compete for one. Of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, that, that kid is rad, man. Uh, supports his family. I mean, he's, he's a good dude, man. Yeah. Always been. Yeah, I don't um, – I know he went through some stuff. We don't got to get into it here. But I, I think that was about the time when I was leaving town. And uh, mm-hmm. I just knew him from, from when I knew him. You know what I mean? And yeah. believe it or not, yeah. that was – should I left there in 2014 so that was already six years ago but he was a good dude and he was one of those one of those kids that I was like proud to uh take him to a different park you know I was like, I was like proud to show up at a park with him because I knew he was about to throw down you know yeah yeah sure man <laughs> he was that dude boy it's no joke man yeah man but uh, yeah I wanted to ask you about a game of bike what was that that's how I'd like to get him into the uh, oh yeah hours game of bike next year, man. That's right, man. Yeah, I think he'd do really well there. Mm-hmm. Damn, man. Uh, you uh, you had mentioned or he had mentioned the uh, reunion or you had mentioned it. Um, the reunion jams. You uh, kind of put that on yourself, or you like you help someone else do it? It just seems like you're very involved in doing that. Yeah. Um. Well, the uh, the first one. We've we've been doing it, uh, you know. Of course, we didn't do it this year because of the bullshit. But uh, the first one we did, I think, was 2011 or something like that. And that was actually Sean Meeker and John Held. Um, oh, okay. They were determined to get that. They they did all the footwork and everything for that one. Uh, lined it up with Chicho's Pizza. Um, and it was a uh, Mike Tag uh, fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, Tag was still still alive then. You know, rest in peace, Mike Tag. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was still alive then, and uh, they did it as a fundraiser. Um, you know, I just helped them, you know, whatever I could do, you know, whatever they needed, um, whatever they asked of me, I just helped them with that. But they're, they're the ones that, you know, should be credited for starting the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the year after that, uh, we didn't do one. Um, I think the bike shop had, bike shop had gone under by then. Um, which was uh, Boardwalk Bikes. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think Tag had passed by then. Um, so, yeah, we didn't do one the next year. And then uh, the year after that, I guess Potter, uh, who runs Chicho's, came to uh, Danny Wesner, who was working at the uh, bike shop at the time at Freewheeling, mm-hmm. and asked him about doing it. And then Danny came to me. And, uh yeah. Since then, uh, it's uh, been primarily myself just doing the legwork, and then everybody in the in the in the scene doing the hard work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, dudes would come home from work. I mean, these dudes are like blue collar, you know, forty hour a week or more dudes. You know, busting their ass at work all day. Mm-hmm. They come home and fucking build these ramps for free. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, just to support the scene and everything, and uh, yeah, I just make phone calls and. <laughs> And line stuff up, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's one thing I want to mention about those jams. It's like, it, you have every little aspect of BMX riding there. Anytime I've ever gone, it's like, everybody's welcome, man. Like, you have a ba- pretty, like, basic ramp set up for anybody to ride, you know? So I just, I always thought it was such a cool vibe, man. So good good for you for doing that. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Like I said, I couldn't do it without without all the boys, man. And Yeah. Uh, it would never go down without those dudes. And yeah, how is the uh, how's the scene out there right now, man? Are you still living in Virginia Beach? Uh no, I'm in Richmond now. I've been in I Richmond figured, for yeah. like the past three years. I yeah. thought you were. Do you ever go down there at all? 
Yeah, yeah, I can still go down to Virginia Beach. Um, you know, before COVID hit or whatever, I would be down there to work all the time and whatnot. Mm. Uh, and even afterwards, you know, I, I still go down there every now and then. I was down there last weekend. Well, last week. Okay, I I, I just man, you know what? I just want to know about you because I didn't. I never really got you know took time to get to know you like on like a real like friendship level. You know what I mean? So I just kind of always wondered like, where are you from? When did you get into writing? All those basic questions. I've always just kind of wondered that. So where were you born, man? Uh, I was born in Norfolk. Um, I was born in Norfolk in way back in 1973. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, single parent home, live with my mom. Um, mm. Pops was always in my life though. You know what I mean? Mm. So shout out to him for sure. But uh, yeah, live with my mom and, uh, up until the age I was 12 and uh, she passed and uh, I moved up to Maryland with my dad and kind of, I mean, I always rode bikes and whatnot. Like mm-hmm. when I, you know, when I live with my mom and whatnot, I always mm-hmm. rode bikes around and stuff. Um, never like seriously though. And then uh, after I moved up to Maryland, um, I kind of like, it was hard to kind of adjust up there and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm, you know, uh, by nature, I'm pretty shy and uh, introverted, mm. so it was real hard, you know, to get into that scene or whatever. Um, and I ended up riding bikes with some dudes from around the neighborhood, and mm-hmm. that's kind of how I melded into that whole scene and culture up there. Oh, okay. Um, and then, of course, as uh, you know, as you get older less and less dudes start, you know, ride or less and less dudes are riding or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you get, you know, you break down to the dudes who end up being the lifers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I met more people that rode seriously and whatnot. And like, uh, I met my buddy Phil Donnell, um, Danny Booker, uh, Carlos and, uh, a couple other dudes and whatnot, man. And they, they raced and we used to see them, you know, they had hutches and, yeah. you know, CWs and all the flashy bikes and shit, man. And they would, you know, they would come through the neighborhood and there was a there was this little hill that ran down by the uh by the pool and they go went from one side of the neighborhood to the other. Yeah. Little hill and uh sometimes the uh maintenance men would have a chain up the uh or you know cross the path or whatever. Yeah. To keep cars because they would drive their, their maintenance truck back there or whatever. So when they you know left or whatever they'd chain it up and whatnot and fill Danny and Carlos would come through fucking flying down the hill and all three of them would just bunny hop and fucking like bunny hop table this fucking chain. <laughs> and I thought it was the coolest shit ever. Hell yeah. So uh, eventually uh, me, my buddy Joel and my buddy Howie uh, started racing as well. And yeah, I've just hooked ever since then. What age did you start racing? Uh, I think my first race, I think I was uh, 14. Well, damn, you must have progressed quick, man, because I was looking at some pictures and you were already expert by by, by 14. Uh, no, no, I turned expert when I was 16. Oh, really? Oh, my yeah, bad. Yeah. Yeah, I turned expert when I was 16. Uh, and, yeah, and that was – once you turn expert, it's a whole other round. <laughs> I bet. I bet, dude. I've been thinking about that a lot. But how did you, uh, how did you enjoy racing, man? I, I know you still race a little bit, but how did I mean, you like it back it. then? I loved it, man. I mean, I didn't know – you know, every dude I knew that rode BMX raced. You yeah. know, I ended up meeting two dudes in the road Flatland that had never raced uh, <laughs> before, you know, before I moved out of Maryland or whatever. But, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, everybody I knew raced. So, that was just like, that was BMX to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that was, you raced. And then some of us loved to ride. Mm. 
So out of, you know, 100 racers, you might get 40 dudes that just, like, love riding. You know, we weren't mm-hmm. about, like, you know, fucking lifting weights and, you know, mm-hmm. doing sprints and all that all the, shit. All the you know extra I mean? shit. We just like, all right, cool. What's the big set of doubles on the track? You know, yeah. what, what, what's, what's the best lip? You know what I mean? Like, that's what we're going to fucking ride after the race. Yeah. And we're just going to have a fucking jumping session to have fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then during the week, you just rode the shit out of your bike and then, you know, Saturday night, you tightened up all the bolts and made sure the chain was tight and raced on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned, like, the dudes who just like riding. I was watching some uh, a clip that my wife filmed of my last race, and there was a double, like you said, and it was probably, like, the best one there to jump. And I jumped it and, like, did a kick out, like, probably, I don't know, man, like, inadvertently kicked out because I just, it's, like, second nature to do yeah. a kick out on a bike, but... I watched it and I landed like kind of sideways, you know? And, uh, I was like, man, why did I fucking do that? Like I was definitely trying to win, but I just did that in the middle of it and like landed sideways, probably lost like a lot of speed. You know what I mean? But that just kind of reminded me of that when you said that. Yeah. But it's the, it's the best feeling, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, dude, you, uh, so did you start racing when you were up in Maryland? Yeah, yeah, I didn't start till I was up in Maryland. Because you had mentioned uh, earlier, um, I was talking to you a while back, and I know he's much younger, but you know that dude, Johnny Vance. I think he's from Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't meet Johnny Vance until maybe uh, maybe a little under 10 years ago, I guess. Yeah, I figured it was pretty – it had to have been pretty recent. He seems pretty young too, so. Yeah, yeah, Johnny, Johnny's pretty young. Uh, but he's he's a rad dude. Yeah, he's from he's from Maryland and whatnot. I met him through working at uh, the Nationals with Chad. Oh, so. uh, okay. Yeah. You worked at Power at Powers or whatever they had their booth set up or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's what's up, man. That kind of brings me to my next question because I saw you at what was it the Nationals? Yeah, Midwest Nationals, and you were selling shirts out of the Powers um, booth, and yeah, yeah. I was like, that's your shit, Craig. So I kind of wanted to ask you, man, you've been, you got all kinds of shit going on, like I said before, and you may not realize it, man, but you've, you've had a lot of stuff. Like you've developed and created a lot of shit, man. I've always loved your design work. So if you could, man, just talk about like all the little ventures you've done, screen printing, uh, team Pimpsky. Was that your thing? uh, Yeah, I was, I was a member of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cool, man. Talk about the screen printing stuff you've done. Um, screen printing, man, that was, uh. Shit, dude, we started that, uh, man, it was probably like the early 2000s. Um, I had uh, went in on a uh, screen printing press with uh, my friend Dylan, Jason, and Kit West. Shout out to Kit West and Jason Anderson and Dylan Purinton. Uh, we all went in on a screen printing press, you know, back in the day or whatever. Something, you know, some shit we found on eBay uh jay i think jay might have found it or something because he was always you know the motivated one you know to get something done and he wanted to try out screen printing and stuff so we all put in on this press or whatever and um yeah we uh we all got it and i was uh still working a nine to five at the time um so and kit lived in suffolk and uh so he didn't come out there too much and uh Dylan, I think, was working as well. So Jay was the one who kind of like was able to sit there and play with it. And okay, he picked it up. Do the stuff. Yeah. So I would come home and and 
then, you know, get a lesson from Jay on how to, what, what, what works and what doesn't, you know, all this stuff. And uh, it was just, I wanted to do, I don't know. So I, for some reason I just wanted to make shirts and work, you know, make clothes and stuff. And uh, yeah. I, uh, I did a uh, 33rd street, which was a uh, homage to an old uh, skate crew that uh, me and my buddies used to ride with back in the day in Maryland up in uh, Andrews Air Force Base. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's where uh, 33rd Street came from. It was a, it was just a crew. Um, we all went to the same school, and uh, they skated, and uh, me and my buddy Joel and Howie and Sean, we rode bikes, and we always hung out together. We would ride up to the base or whatever, because um, my dad my dad was uh, you know retired military, and he worked mm. for DOD, so I had a, you know, ID card, military yeah. ID card, you know, you know, as a kid or whatever, so I could get on base. Uh, so we rode our bikes to the base like every day, hung out with those dudes or whatever, and that's how Thirty Third Street got started. So I just started making shirts or whatever. Um, and I was never any good with Photoshop or Illustrator or any of that stuff, man. Mm-hmm. But I would have ideas, and I and, and I would be blessed enough to have uh, talented people that mm-hmm. I knew who I could express my ideas to, and they could make it happen through the computer. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Joe Pareka was uh, one of the first ones. Uh, he did the, uh, he helped me do the Rick James shirt. Rick mm-hmm. James is my hero and the ODB is my dad's shirt or whatever. Um, <laughs> he did the uh, the Cadillac Escalade shirt. He did a lot of stuff, man. Um, but yeah, I was able to, like, you know, me and Joe got along to the point where, you know, I could just be like, hey, man, if you put this here and that here, you know, or, or I just said, you know, throw ideas way and he would come up with it. And uh, that's how we got that going or whatever. So it was just like, you know, it was just the coolest thing that like, I probably gave away more of those shirts than ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of those things yeah. that like, enjoyed, you know, hooking up my friends or whatever. That's cool, man. I always, uh, I, I feel like I'm, a, I'm an idea man myself, but like I never, I never developed the means to be able to actually put the shit on, on print. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've always had the ideas, but I never like pulled the trigger. And uh, it's cool to hear you guys kind of went in on that and, I, I don't know, man. Screen printing is always is something I've always wanted to like, like you said, figure out and just kind of learn on my own and like maybe someday buy a little press and do something with it. But you got kind of a semi legit thing going right now with screen printing, don't you? Uh yeah, yeah. I've got my uh, cheap seats racing going now. Um, it's one of, like you said, the numerous uh, ventures that I've done or yeah. you know, am doing. And uh, this one is kind of, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's taking off. It's, it's, it's growing organically, and I kind of like that. Um, it's uh, just something I've been working on for a while, and it's uh, finally kind of getting going now. Yeah, it seems like maybe you're pushing it a little harder to the race scene as opposed to the other shit you've done. you agree with that or no? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, race is in the name, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's it's catered toward racing and not just, mm-hmm. you know, BMX racing or whatever, mm-hmm. just any type of racing. Cause I am, you know, I've, I've loved every type of racing since I was a kid, you know, I sit there and watch fucking NASCAR all day you know, yeah. as I was kid and whatnot. And just like, you know, drag racing, whatever, um, any type of racing. Um, it's cool. You know, people, people bag on it and whatnot. And it's like, Oh, you know, y'all jocks and competitive, blah, blah. But I mean, to me, it's it's human nature to be competitive, in mm. type, you know, in some type of form, at least in some yeah. type of way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And racing is just the uh, the most I don't know, it's the easiest thing to figure out. You know what I mean? Like, uh, 
Whoever gets to the finish line first wins. That's you know, it. Not, not a whole lot of shit to understand. You know? Yeah. However you decide to get there is on you. But as long as you get there first, you're good. Yep. Man, I kind of – I think I've always loved BMX racing, man. I remember going to uh, – we had an indoor park uh, where I'm from, and I never raced before, but I'd always go watch the races. And, like, I don't know, dude, I always had this little urge to get involved in it. And I just – like I said, man, I never pulled the trigger like the other shit I, I was thinking about doing. But I remember seeing, like – like you, I don't know, for some reason, just the bikes alone stood out those times i went when i was younger i remember seeing one of those power light cockpits i think that's what it was called oh, and, uh, oh yeah, yeah you remember those man yeah yeah i actually do yeah those those were they were weird to me i mean they were cool bikes they were weird to me though um because there was a there was a period in my life uh i think maybe six seven years where i didn't ride or you know have any contact with bmx world and uh i think that was those bikes kind of fell within that period. Oh, okay. It was all chromoly bikes. Mm -hmm. You know, you know um, the Hawks that came out. Oh, yeah. They were just the fucking weirdest shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I was like, why would you ride this? That's the square oh, tubing, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Aluminum tubing and whatnot. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, and, and I'm not going to bag on aluminum bikes too hard because, I mean, they, you know, they are stiffer and they definitely, you know, you definitely feel the difference and whatnot. But mm -hmm. it was just so weird to me, man. The power light cockpit was like, <laughs> yeah. Thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. For a core dude, I could totally understand. Like the cockpit was like the epitome of just like the ridiculousness that comes with like innovate or trying to be innovative. And I don't know if it really worked out that well, but it to me it stuck out because it just looked different. Yeah. Yeah. Because my friend Joel had a power light. Uh, but one of the chromoly ones when GT had mm -hmm. taken over and whatnot. And yeah. that was a fucking sweet bike, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like to go from that to the cockpit, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, what's crazy about those those power lights, they don't they're not worth that much these days, which is kinda maybe something to be said there. But maybe they were kind of cheaply made. I don't know a whole lot about it. I, like you like you said, GT bought them out or whatever, but I don't know much about power light. All I know <laughs> is they're not really worth shit these days. I feel they probably it, I mean Maybe it'll go up, you know. All a lot of that shit does in B in BMX, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, they were they were kind of weird. <laughs> you still riding Chromoly frame? Oh yeah, definitely. What are you riding? Um, well, for my uh, park bike, as the, as the racers call it, um, <laughs> I got a twenty uh, two inch wheeled uh, FBM Steadfast. I mm. uh, got one of those from like the first run. Was that custom? No, no, they did a oh. run. Oh it's damn! All run, and uh, I bought bought one of those. Uh, and then for my race bike is a cruiser. It's a S and M. Uh, damn, what the hell is it? Speedwagon. Speedwagon, yeah. Yeah, the first generation one that had the uh, wishbone. Oh bike. damn! Yeah, I like I like wishbones. So oh hell yeah! I had to get one of those. So and that's twenty four inch. Yeah, you see Trey Jones. I think he brought back the wishbone, double wishbone. Yeah, yeah, that's, what, that's pretty wild, yeah, man. man. I yeah. bet the young kids were probably very confused on what the hell was going on with that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, man, what's your affiliation with FBM, man? I see you just, you kind of been, I don't know, dude. It seems like you've been repping them hard. Or you just been like friends with them or what's going on with that? Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty cool, man. I, uh, I met Crandall at, uh, at East Coast Terminal uh, early 2000s. I think we had went up for a, uh, 
went up for, I think they had a trade show. Hmm. They did a BMX trade show. They did a BMX trade show. And uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, my buddy uh, Chopper ran a company from Virginia called Voice. I don't know if you ever Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he was going up there, you know what I mean, and, and take part in the trade show, you know what okay. I mean, show his wares. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, you know, a couple of us went up there with him. And uh, that's when I met Crandall for the first time. I would not, man. He was very personable, you know what I mean? It's Crandall, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Like, holy shit. So, you know, we see this guy in the videos and he's pretty much the same way that he was in the videos as he is in real life and whatnot. And I don't always like that or whatnot, man. And uh, I was uh, probably still riding the S&M at the time. Um, and then, uh, one year, I think it was my 25th birthday, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, all my buddies got together and bought me a FBM, um, old boy frame, oh, Okay, which was, uh, Gilly's, uh, signature bike. It was a 21 inch night train. The night train was 20 and seven, five. Ah. And then the, the, uh, the old boy was the same geometry, but it was 21. Mm. So they got together and bought me. That was my first FBM and whatnot, man. And I think, uh. I pretty much rode those damn near ever since then. You know, that, that bike was probably one of the best best riding bikes I ever had, you know. Damn. Yeah, Gilly was tall, wasn't he? Or he is he is tall, huh? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I never met that dude, but I just remember seeing him in videos. He seemed really fucking tall. Even at twenty one seems like it might be short for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, uh I think back then it was, you know, not weren't too many frames, you know, coming longer than that. That's true, man. That's a good point. Um, I was looking up my dimensions on the, the race frame I got right now, and I was very shocked to see that the head tube angle was 73.5, man. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was just kind of blown away by it. Cause I, I just, <laughs> I had never looked at it before, you know, yeah. I'm used to 75, but I just, I, I saw that. I'm like, damn, what the fuck? No wonder I can't, I can't manual. I can't do shit on this thing. Yeah. And those are the bikes that I grew up with. And, um, that was one of the reasons why I always rode like S and M, you know, like uh, I rode S and M Challengers and S and M RVs and stuff like that because it was just like I was used to that race, race bike yeah. geometry, you know, long yeah. back and you know, mellow mellow head tubes and whatnot, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, I was just very much used to that, and I understand and I accept the fact that you know things change and whatnot, man, and like. The, the way the frames are nowadays i mean the stuff that these kids are doing is amazing mm. yeah you for know, sure it's like not to say that it wouldn't be possible without those frames but i mean you know those frames definitely helping a lot but um, yeah except for the uh or, you know different strokes of different folks and I oh yeah an older geometry set and whatnot and there's still people out there that make bikes like that and whatnot but yeah i mean you know 73 i mean you you know you you've seen the dudes at the top levels of racing you know firsthand and, uh, you know, those dudes are flying and you don't want a guy beside you with a 75 degree head. <laughs> you know what I mean? That you're yeah. 30 foot double, you know, in the pro set or whatever. Doing nose manuals and shit over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, hey man, what would you consider like the, the, the peak, like height of your racing days? Ooh, man. Um, probably, uh, shit, man. I was 17 expert. And uh, racing NBL nationals, um, which were a lot different than the uh, my home track was ABA, and uh, so we were we were traveling and racing NBL nationals and whatnot. And uh, I was getting my butt kicked, mm. like, fucking fast. At home, I was you know one of maybe 
two or three, four dudes that were, you know, pretty fast and win, winning all the time. When you go out to these nationals and yeah, those dudes will let you know real quick that you ain't mm. shit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, 17X, man, I started getting it together late in the season um, at South Park. I remember I caught uh, 17 expert. I won uh, first moto. I got second place on the second, you know, on the second day or whatever, the Sunday mm-hmm. first moto, I got second place. And then the next two motos I, uh, I won. Uh, my buddy was like, yo, man, like, if you fucking hug the inside on that last jump and hit the inside of that last turn, you can get that dude next moto. I guarantee it. And I did it. And yeah, I fucking swooped that guy in that turn. And last turn, South Park, if you've ever been to South Park, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but back then, it was just like one big old jump. Mm. Nowadays, it's a decision maker with like a huge jump on the inside, mm. which is how it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, big jump on the out on the inside. And it sets you up to the inside of that turn, and you mm-hmm. just you come underneath whoever didn't jump the big jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 how it should be. It should reward you. You know what I mean? Mm, man, for jumping the big shit. Damn. But uh, yeah, that was probably best year, or whatever. I think I ended up getting like national. They they plated you up to forty in each uh, age group or whatever, and I ended up mm-hmm. getting like national thirty two, and I like never made a main <laughs> the, whole, <laughs> the whole fucking year. Uh, but their point system was set up so that the motos counted more anyway. No, actually, I made one main. But, um, yeah, I mean, their, their point system was set up so that it rewarded motos more than mains anyway. So mm. I ended up getting a national number, only raced a couple of races and whatnot, and I was pretty stoked on that. And I don't know. That's probably, probably like the peak and whatnot because after that, I started partying and shit. And mm. Everything went downhill after that. Yeah, like you had mentioned earlier, man, I think once you get to the expert level, it's not really dudes. Well, maybe it is, man. I could be wrong, but it's not really dudes who just like riding bikes. Like you said, man, this is a whole new world. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's 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 some dudes that, that, that still like to ride it, but I mean, it. you know, it's they get for, fewer and far in between uh, mm. at that stage and whatnot. And uh, it's it's more serious, especially on national level. I mean, because some dudes are like, they're chasing shit, you know. Oh yeah, chasing points and they're chasing sponsors and all this other shit. But uh, I always gravitated towards the dudes that just, you know, could ride. And yeah, love to ride, and then you know were fast as well. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, you could just tell. Yeah, there was a lot of those dudes and a lot of those crews back then. Uh, the New York dudes were fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a lot of legend dudes come out of that 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 scene and whatnot, man. And they were all dudes just like rode. And yeah and you can just tell yeah that's funny you mentioned that man because you can even even me being very new to bmx racing i can totally tell who the who the ones are you could pick them out like it's nothing you yeah. know yeah you're you're a rider you know what i mean like you right ride, you ride you know what I mean? right so you you definitely can tell i mean yeah and it's almost like i don't know man it's almost like i don't i don't relate as easily to someone who's just out there racing you know, and I want, I don't want it to be that way. And it, maybe it wouldn't be if I was just a little more, I don't know. I'm pretty easy going, but like if I gave them more of a chance, I guess you could say, but it seems like up front, they're just kind of there to get, get the business done and then, then roll out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard, man. It's, it's like, you know, cause I, up until a certain point, you know, everybody's out there because they like bikes up to a certain point, you know? Yeah. I mean? Yeah. Cause you wouldn't be out there if you didn't like bikes and whatnot, man. But like, I don't know. It's like, uh, some of them just, 
you know, like you said, they're just like out there just to get those points or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, whatever that's going to get them and, and get out of there and whatnot. When there's some of them that are out there to like have some fun and, and fucking shred shit, you know? Yeah. But. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I, I was just kind of, I sit back and I look around and I just kind of always wonder like what, what exactly are these people chasing, you know, because like you said before, competitiveness, that's awesome. Like I could totally get behind that. I fucking, I'm all about it. But like at the end of the day, you're competitive, but like, is it for more than just winning that race? Are you looking for like any given racer who's pursuing, I guess, I don't even fucking know the race BMX life. What's the end goal for them? You know? Uh, That's a good question, man. I mean, for some of them, I think, you know, they might be trying to get to the Olympics, you know, some of them, uh, you know, they might just be just as simply, you know, just trying to better themselves or, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. uh, lose some weight or have some fun or whatever. Uh, some of them might just try to be getting to like the state championship, you know, or district championship. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of cool because it's like uh, the way that they have it set up is like, you know, you can either, you know, you can shoot for the moon if you want to, mm-hmm. you know, go as high as you really want to go. Mm-hmm. Or you can set, you know, set your goals a little bit lower, a little bit more realistic or whatever. Uh, maybe go for like a state championship, you know what I mean? Yeah. Get number yeah. one in your class in the state. Yeah. I, uh, sorry to keep focusing on BMX racing, but, um, and I don't even know how much you know about it, but I just assume you, you know a lot cause you've been doing this shit for so long, but what does it take for someone to go pro in racing? Uh, I mean, really anyone can turn pro. That's the thing. Like it doesn't, you know, I think you just gotta be a certain age, mm-hmm. um, and maybe have a certain number of time and expert or whatever i know like <clears throat> when i was when i was coming up it was uh i think you had to be at least 17 okay and uh you just pay the money and you turn yourself pro now what you did in pro after that you know they didn't give a fuck they had oh yeah then, but... oh they got the money right <laughs> damn that's crazy so i could go in there and just throw throw a bunch of money at them and say hey throw me in this pro race this weekend yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, that's wild, man. Mm-hmm. I guess you could, I don't know, I guess you could enter a pro contest as like a freestyle BMX rider, though. Yeah, exactly, you know. It's like Nowadays, no, yeah. You know, no definition to it or nothing like that. No no prerequisites, prerequisites or anything like that, you know. It's just like what you want to do with it. Yeah, that's crazy. Now that I think about it, like I think about like the 90s, like freestyle BMX in the 90s is – uh, in contests like pro contests i guess all i really think about then are are like the x games and shit where you can't obviously just go but then i also think about like the roots jam where i bet you could have just gone and signed up as a pro and just gone and rode you think oh yeah oh yeah definitely man i mean look at uh what was the dude ice money you know what i mean oh yeah 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 you know he had like the circus trick joints or whatever but you yeah know what I mean? he classified himself as a pro in a pro you know in contests and shit mm did you ever go to a roots jam Nah, man never did man what's the biggest uh bmx contest you ever went to um i went to a uh a law revolution in oh, binghamton shit. damn and also of course uh ghetto street mm. last ghetto street oh shit which one was that like what kind of ramps did they have there uh that's when they had the loop oh okay okay yeah, and the bowl the bowl corner uh, yeah, Tibbs did the 900 in the bowl. Yeah, that's right. Sean Arada, I think, did the e-brake, big e-brake. Uh, I think Maybe it was that year. year. It might have been the year before, but I know uh, 
Virginia won amateur and uh and pro that year. We, we shut no down. shit. Who won? Yeah, uh, Matt V. Oh, who won the am? Yeah, Matt V won am and Tibbs won pro. Oh, uh, okay, I got you. That's cool, man. I was talking about Matt V in, uh, when I was talking to Thomas and um and Jr. And I had never even met the dude before, Matt V. But apparently, he was like a big. He was kind of like the big proponent in like the Virginia Beach area, or just like the, you know, seven five seven, I guess. Yeah, I would venture to say he's probably one of the best riders to come out of that area. He ever make it like kind of big in BMX? Not really. Um, he never really pursued it like that. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, okay. Um, he was always a little more grounded. You know, a little more. Yeah. Uh, focus on making money and, and raising a family and stuff. So, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, all the talent in the world, dude, like if he wanted it, it would have been his for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was a badass. Yeah. It's crazy. Earlier you, you had mentioned something about seeing, seeing people kind of fade out as you get older. And uh, it's kind of weird to look back and just kind of put a timeline there and see who, from your original crew kind of backed out and what they ended up doing and who's like yeah. still left, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Shit's so and weird. It's, man. And it's wild because you always see people come back, you know what I mean? You see them, you know, babble yeah. or whatnot, man. And they were like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, you know, gosh, get me, I still got a bike, you know, I might start riding again or, you know, they might start looking for a bike or something like that. You know, I've seen people come, I've seen people go and, and you know, come right on back. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I got really lucky because, Actually, my best friend, we met in second grade and we started riding BMX together and we're still like best friends to the day and we still ride together. It's pretty fucking wild when you think about it. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that is, that's awesome. That's crazy, man. But yeah, dude, I got to ask you, man, Team Pimpski, what's up with that? Oh, man, Team Pimpski, man, that shit. The <laughs> <laughs> whole show in itself. Dude, yeah. You. Um. Well, it started out... Uh, one day, uh, Matt V came up to me and asked me if I wanted to go on this road trip with them. And uh, I was like, sure, man, where are they going? And it's like, uh, then they're going to North Carolina and then Arkansas. Like, Holy shit, you know, he's playing <laughs> the whole premise or whatever. They were renting a fucking moving van and whatnot. And uh, one drove piling in. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it, you know? So I took time off from work or whatever and uh, hopped in this truck, hopped in Matt's truck, and we uh, drove up to Richmond to meet up with uh, Evan and uh, Neil. Heist, mm-hmm. and uh, then we all drove to Carolina. You talking about Evan Vendetti? Yeah, yeah. Another amazing rider from the area. Indeed, man. He he actually won a ghetto street himself. Oh well, shit! God damn. He won amateur, I think, at the first one. Wow. First or second one, but uh, but yeah. So we all jumped in the in the truck, drove down there, had really no idea, you know, except for you know, I know I didn't know any of these dudes or anything like that. Mm. Um. We uh get this moving van or whatever and pile our shit in it, man, and and take off and it was uh it was quite an adventure, man. I tell you, it's uh we didn't know how to pack the thing or yeah. or you know what we were doing and and whatnot and you know every stop we kind of we got like you know we packed shit back up after the stop it kind of got a little bit better. We yeah. ended up picking up a bunch of different stuff too. I remember being uh, we stopped in Memphis. And rode a uh, into a park, and uh, the night that we stopped there uh, was the first night of the, of the playoffs, NBA playoffs. Mm. And uh, Memphis was in the playoffs for the first time ever. Oh damn! The streets were dead. 
Yeah. Uh, and it was crazy. All the kids at the skate park were watching the game. It was nuts. That's cool, man. Yeah. And what what was the scene like inside the and for one man like what why did you guys decide to get a moving truck and like what was it like inside there when you guys were driving and shit? I think the moving trucks uh whole thing was uh Mangler's idea maybe um he was he's the leader you know what I mean like <laughs> uh, and, uh, the head of Voltron if you will <laughs> with the whole two Penske thing and um. Uh, he he's the only one that really drove it or whatever. Um, so I think I think that was that was him, and it was just like mm-hmm. you know, what kind of vehicle can I rent to get the most people in the damn thing? Yeah, and that was it. You know, small moving van. And at the time, they actually had a cut through uh, from. Oh the cast damn! Back. Okay. So yeah, so it was like a little sliding door thing or whatever. Uh, so it was cool. I think that we had that for like the first two trips. Yeah. But uh, it was it was pretty. First, it was pretty chill in, in the van. Uh, then uh, we went and picked up Nick and uh, Mike Lee. And the first thing Mike Lee did when he got into the van <laughs> was punch a hole in the ceiling with his <laughs> knife, talking about he was making ventilation. Oh, damn. Well, that was my first time meeting Mike Lee. I was like, man, we, we, we're in for something here. Yeah. It, was, it was cool, man. I mean, we, you know, it, it was everything from, you know, blunts being fucking rolled, yeah. rolled to beer and fireworks being shot off all types of shit man um the infamous brake checks magnificent <laughs> fucking slam on the brakes for no reason <laughs> send everybody forward oh my god did you guys have any sort of like seating at all in there um plastic chairs we had an old uh we had an old love seat that, from uh justin holt's house um the shit got better and better as we went yeah. along like i said uh we uh we ended up picking up a piece of plywood outside of Memphis. Uh, so we set that on top of the bikes. Mm. All the bikes were like in one side, mm-hmm. um, upside down. So we set the fucking bags in between all of that shit okay. and uh, set the plywood on top of that. And that was the loft. <laughs> uh, and uh, we, when we got to Arkansas, uh, by the time we got to Arkansas, we were, uh, I think it was a couple of days deep at least. And, and, uh, it was a uh, you know kind of middle of summer and you know fifteen dudes in a fucking moving van and it was hot. Don't smell too great. Hot. So, yeah, we were we were just like hot and just tired and shit, man. And uh, we ended up meeting this chick at Subway. <laughs> of like, course, we, we stopped at this fucking uh, shopping center. Some of us went in the, into the grocery store to try to like wash up or whatever in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we got out of there. And a couple of dudes were like, yo, man, we just met this girl. She said she can let us take showers at her crib, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and sure enough, you know, she came up, came through. and was like, hey, you know, I'm a, I think her name was Adrian or something. And uh, yeah, y'all can come take a shower, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, Holy shit. So we went and did that and whatnot. And uh, we ended up staying there that night. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, shout out to Adrian, man. Morning. Yeah, oh, damn. Know, you like, got breakfast, too? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, breakfast too. Wow. We uh, her and her friends took us out to this uh, punk rock prom that they were having that night. Oh, uh, okay. In Arkansas, it was it was it was a wild time. Definitely Damn, wild time. man. So, what was the craziest moment on one of those trips? Oh man, uh, <laughs> it was so many. Um, shit, dude. It might have been uh, the. Uh, the heroin addict chick that we uh, picked up in Florida. <laughs> <on one of the laughs> 
oh, her man. just like hanging out all day, just like oh, out damn. of it, dude. And then uh, yeah. somebody talked her into putting Team Pimpsky buttons through her nipples. Oh, God damn. Pierced or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So she's just sitting out there with her fucking <laughs> shirt off. Uh, fucking Team Pimpsky buttons through her nipples. And uh, <laughs> Shanton Wilson jumped off the uh, top of the truck onto the little ramp. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember that for some reason. That clip stands out. Did Sean Burns jump off that onto that rail? Uh, yeah. He did that at Ghetto Street. Oh, uh, okay. So you guys drove that up there to the contest? Yeah, we drove it up to the contest. Um, somebody in Richmond made a rail. I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Brian Lee or Noah or somebody. But somebody made a rail, and we put that in the fucking van, took that up there, and uh, we got there and parked the fucking van on the course and just made ourselves part of the ghetto street. <laughs> so That's awesome. A, yeah, we built a ramp inside the truck that you could turn around. And uh, <laughs> then we built the rail uh, where the pallet steps going down yeah the ground or whatever and uh yeah sean burns jumped off of it onto the rail uh don't think he quite got it mm. and then uh shit what's the boy from philly oh man i wish i could remember his name lino no um he ended, i think he ended up like going to jail for something and then got out and oh, i don't know God, what did he do but he uh, he set up one of those kicker ramps, and mm-hmm. at the front of the truck, pedal jumped onto the truck from the front, went across the top, and then hit the rail or whatever. And, oh damn! Yeah, and that was yeah. like, sick as shit. And then he did it and he tried to like double foot can it, and I don't think he ever got that part. But yeah, he fucking he killed that rail. Fuck, I feel like I saw that clip too, man. Yeah, it's on. It's it's definitely on. You know, if you look Props up or something. the Ghetto Street or whatever. Yeah. Um, shit, I think it was on like Fuel TV at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Fuel had some had a good thing going for a little bit there, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. That was that was some some quality shit. Yeah, I remember watching Rad TV on like a Saturday morning and just like kind of being blown away by it. And I was just trying to figure out why that shit was on. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Fuel, Fuel had, some, had some programming, man. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Fuel, but um, I missed that shit. That was awesome. So, did you guys go on a mega tour? Um, we were supposed to, and then I think things didn't work out for some reason or another. So we just like said fuck it and kind of like followed, not followed it. Mm, um, okay. And I think that was the only trip i didn't go on because i think that was a, i think that was the one they went to ohio okay uh, yeah did you ever get daryl now in the in the van no nah, unfortunately we didn't get daryl in the van um we were supposed to get a few bigger names but uh things happened and they weren't able to go you know go when the trip came or whatever but yeah never got daryl in there but you ever hung out with daryl yeah oh yeah yeah, Daryl's awesome, man. He's uh, him and his uh, his bike club, Black Label. Yeah, yeah. They are real tight with the uh, one of the bigger bike clubs from Richmond, ah, Cutthroats. Okay. Uh, so, or some events, especially like Slotorama, best friends. They Daryl would come, you know, and Black Label would come down or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's how I met Daryl. Daryl's fucking rad as shit. Hell yeah, 
for sure. Uh man, what's the best skate park you've ever ridden? Ooh, man. That's a tough one. Um, maybe most iconic. Hmm. Maybe maybe East Coast Terminal iconic, oh, I guess. Damn, man. Um that place was awesome. Oh yeah. Um yes. Uh, Sixth Ave in, in Nashville. That place was pretty rad. Mm, yeah, that was Nathan Williams Park. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That I was think. went there on the first Penske. That was that was a pretty rad place. You ever been to Wisconsin before? No, I've not. Damn, that's wild, man. Yeah, Wisconsin's sweet, man. You got to get up there sometime. Yeah, definitely got to check it out. What do you got planned for the future, man? Where's uh, where's Cheap Seats Racing going? Are you going to keep pushing that thing or what? Uh, yeah, man. I'd like to. You know what I mean? Um, like, just keep doing it. You know what I mean? Keep putting it out there and, and whatnot. And, you know, hopefully people gravitate towards it. Um, like I said, I kind of like to, for it to grow kind of organically, although I am giving it a, a, a bit of a push. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, people are starting to find out about it and, the people that, that that dig it dig it you know what i mean and other yeah people that we kind of like do the shit for um so yeah it's 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 getting there man and uh like i said we're doing trying to do it in all types of facets of racing like mm-hmm. uh my buddy bert is uh getting his uh hot rod together now whatnot mm-hmm. man we're gonna take that shit to the drag strip and whatnot and that'll mm-hmm. be you know fucking automotive division you know <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's all types of racing and shit yeah, how's it feel to kind of push something a little bit now? It seems like you've been you've done a lot of ventures, but it never seemed like you really. I mean, maybe you have, and I apologize if I'm wrong, but maybe it seemed like you haven't pushed quite as hard on those other ventures. Um, yeah, it, I guess you could say that it was you know definitely wasn't the uh, the resources weren't available then mm. as they are now. Yeah. Um, you know, with all the social media shit and everything that, that, that you have out there nowadays, um, it's just, you know, it's just dumb easy to, to push something now. So it's like, yeah, why wouldn't yeah. you, you know what I mean? Right, right, Whereas right. back then it was kind of like more a uh, regional type thing or whatever, a um, little bit harder to get your stuff out there. I mean, you know, there was internet and all that shit. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. It's still uh, a bit more difficult to right. really push it. And uh, I don't know. We'll see you, what happens, man. Um, you know, I'm older now, so don't mm. ride as much as or whatever. So yeah, mm-hmm. I have the time to kind of give it that push now. So yeah, yeah, I think uh we'll keep we'll keep doing it and see what happens. Really, what about like people listening right now? You think like if they were to hit you guys up, you guys could work with them and maybe, like you said, man, it's easier than ever to get your get your stuff out there, get a little side hustle. And I know there's probably tons of people who probably at least want to get something going but maybe don't know how are you guys available to available to like help people out with that um i mean yeah we do uh i mean outside of cheap seats you know i, I, I help run a uh, screen printing business up here called hotbox mm-hmm. um and you know certainly we we're a small company or whatever and, and certainly we could definitely try to help people out you know with their ventures and whatnot if somebody wanted to get get into the game or whatever yeah um and I'm always available, you know, mm. whatever questions I can answer, you know, yeah, I'm not yeah. a fucking expert on anything, but you know, always uh helps to 
hear hear another point of view or you know get some advice or something like that you know what I'm saying whatever I can yeah. do to help somebody I'm certainly willing to do hell yeah man um I had a couple of questions that I wanted to get to real quick um that came through the Instagram so all right let me, let me jump on and grab these and I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions all right let's see here and we do have another um another message that came in the uh hotline also that we'll get to but got a couple questions right here man this one i don't even know who this guy is donald avery asked um said ask uncle craig about i think it says butter backyard bmx sessions and neighborhood gunfights going on as we rode oh yeah buddha oh buddha Buddha. okay yeah that's my buddy donnie man i've known that cat since we were like 14 15 like when i was racing Wow. Yeah, that, that dude's awesome, man. And uh he races again and whatnot, him and his daughter and whatnot. Uh yeah, Buddha Buddha Products was uh a buddy, uh Richie. Um Richie Matthews. And he was a guy that was a little bit older than us back in the day. He went pro. Um wasn't the fastest guy out there, but he was certainly fast. And uh he started a company called Buddha Products, man, and he he had uh, I remember he bought like a bunch of like Hutch Woody Ipsen bars. Oh damn! At one point, yeah, and like he uh, he was selling those to us and whatnot. And then he came out with his own <laughs> bars, and I think it was like modeled off of those. Uh-huh. Um, they had frames and everything, and he had a little track in his backyard. Like um, it was pretty tight, but it was fun. It was like super fun. It had some nice jumps, and he would always let us come over there and ride and whatnot, man. And uh. It was near the University of Maryland, and it was in that neighborhood. It wasn't the uh, the greatest or the safest or whatever, but yeah, know, uh, nobody really messed with Richie and his family and whatnot. So it was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, that, man. that place was awesome. Uh, he had, I mean, he even had like a little two man gate and everything. But uh, we would just go over there and jump, and that place was fucking awesome. Hell yeah! And then we had one from. It says pedals the dog. <laughs> and it says, "How fast is Craig's speed?" How fast is Craig's speed? <laughs> uh, as fast as it needs to be. Okay, depending on the yeah. day. Yeah, no doubt. As fast as it needs to be. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, let's take this. Uh, let's take this call, and then, uh, well, shit, man, we wrap this thing up. If you want, let's hear what this man has to say. Hold up. All right. Hey, bud, it's uh, Biff Cheese Spinocli. Call him back. I can't get enough of this show. Listen, I uh, understand Craig Welch, a.k.a. Wahoo McDaniels, a.k.a. that guy, is about to be in the studio today. And uh, so I figured I'd give a call in. We uh not really sure how I can describe how much that dude has influenced me and probably most of the 757, like, Ended up meeting that dude by accident, sort of, on, like, an AOL instant messenger chat room back in the day. Like, uh, I think it's got to be 21 years since my son was just born. And, uh, I don't know, man. Like, he introduced me to pretty much everybody I know in BMX outside of, like, just the, the crew that we were rolling with at the time in, in Virginia, Newport News. After that, man, like, between, like, all the Pimsky trips in the back of a – uh, rental truck getting thrown around or fireworks blasting off at 
North Carolina shows or shutdowns of the end of eras and skate parks, the back and forth to Greenville. And, oh, God, man, like all the Richmond, Virginia craziness and all the FBM madness that went on while I was still in VA. And every time I get back, man, I try to catch up with that dude. So listen, uh, just know that you're in the presence of greatness right now. And uh, that dude, Uncle Craig, I don't know, I can't say enough about him. Dude. Hell yeah. The Biff Cheese. Yeah, man. Fucking He's a good dude. dude. Hell yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, another dude that I didn't really uh, get to really hang out with that much, but I don't know, man. We definitely related quite a bit, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that dude's awesome, man. He uh, met him, like you said, uh, it was through AOL. I guess he had, like, <laughs> searched AOL for BMX in 757 or something, you know, like, ran across <laughs> my profile and hit yeah. me up and was like, oh, shit, you know, it was like, yeah, I ride too, I ride too, you know, and you know, getting together, whatever, man. And like, it's been cool since, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you know, he introduced me to all the dudes on the peninsula um, and the spots over there. And that place ended up being closer to my house at the time than it was, you know, for me to drive out to Virginia Beach, mileage wise, you know, mm-hmm. just like fucking with that tunnel. You never know what you got. But I mean, yeah. you know, late night street sessions and stuff like that over there was fucking awesome. And, you know, all the dudes <laughs> that I met, you know, through him and everything. And it was, uh, yeah, we had some good times, man. Hell yeah. I think I just got one more question for you, man. What has Eric Lee been doing? <laughs> Eric Lee, man. Eric Lee has been living, dude. You know, <laughs> he don't he don't stay still, you know what I'm saying? He can't stay still, otherwise he'll go crazy. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Now he's on the road, man. He's uh building uh building dirt jumps with, with, with Dave King and them. Oh, dudes. that's right. Yeah, he's he's fucking having the time of his life. Damn, man, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Doing it, man. Went went pro, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Pro digging, dude. Hell yeah. Well, hey, Craig, man, I really appreciate it. I just, I'm just happy we got to talk. Tell you the truth, yeah, man. man. You know, yeah, interview, dude. interview dude, aside. Dude, yeah, I just wanted to holler at you real quick, man. So you know what, man? Whenever I come to Virginia, I'm gonna hit you up, and hopefully we can link up. Hell yeah, man. Do that. Hell yeah. Take it easy, Craig. All right, Casey. You too, buddy. All right, later. Later. And that was Uncle Craig. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate it, man. And thank you all for tuning in to the broadcast, the transmission. I'll be back soon. If you got an idea for a show, don't hesitate to hit me up, all right? I'll talk to y'all later.